when I buy something, I always think of, hey, this is great, but at the end of the day, who's going to take care of me? And I think we've become the society that we aren't willing to admit when we're wrong. Welcome to the podcast, Keeping It Real, The Purpose Driven Life with Laura and Lynn. Tune in for candid conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and actionable advice on navigating life and business. Probably the number one thing in business is your customer, customer, and how do you keep your customer happy, satisfied? Because a happy customer comes back to you and wants to purchase from you again and again and again. An unhappy customer uh, is not only doesn't want to come back and purchase from you, but they also want to talk about it. Talk, talk, talk. How do you keep your customers happy? How do you keep them um, excited for your company? Um, they, they want to come back and buy from you. And what does it take? Num- number one thing that when you're starting out is to define what your values you want your company to be. So what kind of experience do you want people to experience when they come to your um, business? What is it positive? Do you want them to be informed? What is it that you want to create in your business so that customers have an idea of exactly what they can expect when they come to your business in terms of customer service? So starting out with one is how about trained employees. There's nothing more frustrating than to say, can you help me? And they go, well, um, because they can't, they don't know the, they don't know the product and they don't know how the service works. So number one thing is trained employees. The other thing is what other things can you do to promote a, a authentic customer service experience is loyalty. Some form of loyalty programs are excellent for trying to create customers who love coming back and something real thought out about customer service. So that's just a couple tips. Laura, what's your thought? Well, years ago, my business mentor, Ward Flynn, uh, he wrote about having a authentic organization. In his words, he called it a truthful organization. Mm-hmm. And he emphasized that regardless of what your business was, you needed to come from the service perspective of a win-win partnership. So your customer or your client needed to be a partner with you. So it's really important to be thinking about how can we ensure that this customer service partnership is a win-win So we, as the business provider, we must promise what we can offer. And that needs to be truthful. They can't be exaggerated. We can't make things up. We have to be honest about it. And we have to make sure we're even delivering more than what we've promised. So here's an example with a recent uh, client. I was on contract to conduct one monthly session, one monthly seminar with this client and their organization. So there were a number of um, individuals on these uh, webinar calls. And so the idea was I would offer one per month. Well, I knew with this organization that it would be impossible for them to get over a hundred employees at the same webinar at the same time. So I decided to extend and offer an option. I had two 
times. Did I still capture everyone live? No, but I increased my chances of doing that by offering two sessions for the price of one. It was more time for me, more effort, but that was what I knew that client needed in order to win, to have a win-win partnership and for them to really feel like I was invested in the growth of their employees. And so I'm not saying that's what you have to do all the time. You might have a different case, a different scenario, but I knew that was something that I could honestly offer and feel good about it. Because I think that's also important is that at, in a win-win partnership, you feel good about what you're offering. Another example is I, I oftentimes, um, because I'm in the service profession and my business is associated with coaching, that after a uh, group webinar, I will offer follow-up correspondence and say, reach out to me as you're practicing these techniques, these strategies. Reach out with questions because I'm still here for you. Now, you know, 99% of the time, no one will reach out because you've, you know, you've given them what they need in the webinar. But at the same time, it's important that they know they can. And how I found out that they knew they could was it actually showed up then in the uh, survey results. So that's another thing with quality, authentic customer service is asking for feedback. So I always follow up my services with a feedback survey. That way I know what they've heard. I know what their perceptions are. So just a couple of different examples. So I have more to share, but I want to make sure I share my time with you, Lynn. <laughs> well, I like the idea about the survey. It does help to get, because otherwise sometimes you don't know what's really what people are thinking in your head. So that way, by doing a survey, you actually reach out and say, hey, um, you know, what would be best? What would help? What would not help? Um, I was, it made me think about, in particular, my first job that I had. They were the number one store in the United States. It was absolutely number one. And one of the things that they did every, constantly was have great customer service. And what how they had great customer service is by making the customer right. So even if the customer would come back and say, hey, this isn't right, and you knew that they had ordered it wrong, and you knew it was really a customer issue, they would always honor that the customer was right. And they were, they were the number one store because People knew that at the end of the day, that the company would make would uh, take care of them. So that's one example of just making the customer feel wanted, making them feel like they should come back and, and purchase again from them and making them for warm and fuzzy versus I bought something at a, say a big box store, we say big box store. So I went to return it. And at the time, the return policy was 15 days. I came back on the 17th day. They said to me, nope, you're past the time. 15 days is all you get. Can I get a credit? Nope. 15 days is all you get. So essentially you had 15 days to return this product to figure out if you wanted it or not. And if you didn't, you were essentially just out the money. I'm sure you handled that situation very calmly, very um, professionally. But I'm going to say <laughs> that that we we all know that in our interactions with customers, 
that there are sometimes difficult, more challenging interactions that happen. So I think it's really important to know as a business what your boundaries are and what your values are. And so if you can handle those difficult conversations with empathy and professionalism, I think that's a really important attribute and will actually de-escalate any negative situations. So helping to build rapport, helping to establish trust, like in your situation where you knew that they were going to to honor, you know, that, oh, okay, you needed a little bit more time, that their, their 15 days just wasn't quite enough and that they treated you professionally. They valued your customer interaction. They, they valued the fact that you wanted to shop at their store. So I think that's, it's really important that we also remain calm in those situations, but we listen, actively listen to what the customer's concerns are and that we follow up. You know, I have another non-example of where in communicating in a situation where, you know, once again, being really calm and saying, you know, I have been waiting for a response from you for over a week and I haven't heard back. So right there to me, I feel escalated as the customer. I feel like um, this is getting to be a, a tense situation because you, especially when the business said, oh, we will be back, we will get back in touch with you, you know, within the next couple of days. And then it's a week later, you know, then my, uh, my blood pressure goes up and I'm a little <laughs> bit, you know, I'm starting to be like, hmm, what kind of company is this? When too much time goes by, that's something that really grates on on my loyalty to that particular company. It's fine if it's going to take longer to answer. I want to make sure that I've addressed, like if it's taking longer to get a solution, I'm going to at least reach out to the customer and let them know, say there's been a delay. But I'm going to make sure that I'm actively communicating with that customer to ensure that they know I have not forgotten them, that I'm not ignoring them, that their satisfaction is important to me. And yeah, sometimes there are delays. You know, we can learn from this from an airline company. Our loyalty to airlines um, might be based upon pricing, but it also might be based upon that customer service experience and whether or not, how quickly do they get back to us on delays? So you arrive at the airport and your flight's delayed. And then a little bit later, you get another alert that your flight's delayed, but you still don't know why your flight's delayed. That's a a tense situation where I know I've always appreciated when the gate agent will say, this is why it's delayed. Hang tight. We're going to, you know, be with you as soon as possible. We'll, We'll keep providing updates. But it's almost like when anything out of our control gets in the way that it's like it stops the communication because they're like, oh, no, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how long this delay is going to be or I don't know how long it's going to take to get this part in. And then that's the that's where the problems begin is that because we don't have the answers, we're sometimes afraid. And I'm speaking generally here that as a business, we're afraid to give the bad news to the client where we're actually if we could just be honest with them and straightforward and say, hey, there's been a delay um, we are working on this we're, we're, and find some way to turn this back into a win-win. You know, maybe it is offering a discount. Um, maybe it is, you know, some type of see, you know, s- establish what is important to that, that client 
because I'm really conscious of that. I'm really wanting to make sure they still know that we have their back. I think us, even as a customer ourselves, I mean, that's the what I want to know. I want to know. And, and I do have a pattern of if a, a business treats me well, that I will come back to them. I mean, that is my, my go-to thing. Even if I have to pay a little more money, I will actually pay a little more money just to go back to the company I know is going to take care of me. And I, I respect that they have intentionally set out the, hey, I want to make sure that you're happy. Right now, we're, we're, we're really not leaning towards the side of customer service. I think we're coming back to it. But I, I honestly think that somewhere along the way, we had made a decision that, hey, we need to kind of focus a little bit more on the bottom line than we did on the customer service. And I think what companies are finding out is, well, okay, that might have you know, served at a time of saying, okay, we're going to save some money by not being so focused on customer service. But I think you find out that at some point the, the customer is going to say, I, I, I know, but if I'm going to go somewhere and it's a difference between $5 over here or $2 over here, I, I'm going to go where I feel like, okay, that if something comes up, I'm going to be taken care of because it's two transactions for me. It's the purchasing transaction for me. And it's in case there's something wrong, there's that part of the transaction. And I, when I buy something, I always think of, hey, I'm I, this is great. But at the end of the day, who's going to take care of me? And, and so you have to balance out what is obviously what to put in place financially that would be to identify who your company is for customer service, right? So at, you're going to start off at the top saying, okay, what kind of business am I going to create? And if I were the customer, what would I like to experience? And then you kind of go from there. From, from that point on, then you're going to figure out exactly what instruments need to be put in place in order to actually make that happen. Meaning that you, while we've got a lot of computers, you call up and nobody's answering. Are you, are you actually going to want to answer? I think that's on its way back. I think that the answering the phone, even though we, <laughs> even though we're getting computers, you know, that can do a lot of talking here. And uh, at the end of the day, though, people are going to want to feel satisfied when they purchase something, feel like they're taken care of, feel like they're a person, that they're not a number and just feel uh, a value to the business. And like you said, Number one thing, one win-win, win-win. I'm paying you money and you're giving me uh, something in return along with my happiness. Along those lines, you you mentioned instruments, but I'm going to even um, take it a step farther and say your personnel. So do you have empowered employees working for you? So if you're really looking for that um, positive customer service experience, if your employees feel empowered, they will to be more engaged, they'll be mo more motivated, and they'll know the value of being committed to providing that excellent service. Because you as the owner of your business have have spoken to them, you've, you've communicated your values, mm -hmm. but you've also made them feel value. You recognize them as part of this customer service experience and you let them know that yes, you know, a win-win is our priority, our customers are a priority, but you never want your employees to feel like they they won't be supported in a situation where 
a customer might become difficult. They also need to know that you will support them and that there might be a conversation and a debrief around the experience, but it's it done in a way that's coaching. It's done in a coaching experience with questions and language that it doesn't make them feel wrong if the exchange with the customer didn't go the way that was intended. It's really important that everyone feels like they're valued in this scenario, that everyone's being uh, respected. If you think about Coke and that they had decided to change their formula, for them, it was a, you know, we're going to make this move, we're going to change our formula. And then realizing that people were just really upset about the change in formula and they actually changed it, you know, went ahead and made the shift back. So they actually listened, which, you know, Hey, uh, we, we hear you because no matter what people are going to share, whether they like that or they don't like that. Um, especially now, I think, uh, uh, people are more than willing to share nowadays, whether they like something or don't like something. So it's definitely out there. And then I think what you said, Laura, is that you be honest in because there was a company that what they would do is if they something went wrong, they wouldn't tell you. They would just say, hey, um, we can't do that. And they would make up excuses. And really, at some point, they just really need to be honest. You know what? we're having a problem with this. We can't get this. We can't do this, whatever it is. And, and, and tell them we're, we're working on it as fast as we can. But at the end of the day, some things we just cannot do. I mean, you just have to come out and say, we cannot do this. We and, have to be willing to admit when we're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think we've become the society that we aren't willing to admit when we're wrong. We're treating your customer um, exactly how you would but like to be treated. I mean, when it comes down to it, you you want to be valued. They want to be valued. They want to purchase something and know that you have their back. And I mean, at the at the same time, you want to you want their back as well because you want them to not only purchase once, you want them to purchase over and over again. And how people purchase over and over again is when they feel like they have win win scenario going on, so that it's good for them and good for you. So I think um, the bottom line uh, is, you know, do everything you can to create that win-win, but do it within your values, do it within your own authenticity. So know what's important to you, know what you value as a consumer yourself, bring that into your organization and, you know, don't be afraid to admit when things don't go as planned. And I think in the long run, a client, a customer will appreciate that far more than not receiving any feedback or any, you know, communication from you. So I think uh, communication is really the bottom line and just being respectful and knowing this is like, as you said, this is the way I would want to be treated. There's a lot out there now with, oh, testimonials and, and Google ratings and you know, I'm, I'm really conservative when it comes to my reviews, when I, I don't just immediately put a feedback and a review out there. That's, I don't want a negative review out there. I want to put positive words out there into the universe. So I am really conscious, even with this company that I've been waiting to um, hear back from now, um, you know, their promise of, of responding within 48 hours that we're now going on over a week. And I sent another um, request 
And I've said, I have not put a um, negative review. You know, you keep asking me for a review of the product. I haven't done that yet because I'm still <laughs> giving you a chance to fix this. And I think we're really quick because we see things as anonymous now or because they're online or, you know, anyone who looks at it, social media knows that, you know, this, this faceless interaction that can sometimes go on has created a really negative feedback loop. I want to be able to put positive um, feedback. Positive feedback. And, you know, that's actually one of the things that, you know, maybe 20 years ago wasn't an issue, but it is absolutely part of it, of um, the feedback, that there is feedback now and you have to respect it. If you do everything that you promise to do, and I think that comes out even when you can see some interaction with people that have had a, they had an experience, but then the company says, oh, we went ahead and and took care of that. And, and, and so you, you can feel whether or not that was really honestly taken care of or, or you know, or if it wasn't taken care of. Because at the end of the day, some of the feedback that we're going to, you're going to experience in your business, um, you can do everything humanly possible um, to take care of the customer. And sometimes you're going to have a review that's not exactly the review that you want for your company. The idea is just take care of your site as best as you can, because if you're authentic on who you are as a business and I want to have you be satisfied, I want you to be taken care of and this is who we are, then most people uh, will respect that and want to work with you. Yeah. I think that uh, at some point can be another topic is just how you handle, how you not take uh, negative reviews personally. And as always, if you need us, we're there. We've got groups that you can go ahead and join and we'll go more in depth in the conversations like this. That's very helpful in order to learn about things like that and how to deal with things that come up in your business. If not, of course, we always have one-on-one -on -one coaching. So for this week, thank you very much. Have a great day.